And then, you know, I see how you, know, you had your uh, From Hell, is it From Hell series or Welcome to Hell or something Welcome like that? Hell. Oh my and God, I yeah. saw that and it's like, holy <laughs> shit, this is where General Sam got his, uh, you know, his inspiration. You know, it's funny because I started to look more into doing, I had some more green screen idea stuff. Yeah. And then I started to think like, it's so funny you said that because I was like, I want to do that again. And then I thought, nobody watched those videos. That was way before I got popular. That was me trying to do something different and be creative to stand out before I really got into the science stuff. Yeah. And I thought some of it was goofy as hell. I thought some of it was really good. Yeah, I'm scarred by that one scene of you in some pajamas and waking up next to Nikita. That was like, it was just a, like... It was a cat onesie, yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate thank that. You, thank you for having me. Oh, I'll, yeah, I guess. I'm your humble guest. <laughs> it is so weird. Yeah, last time I was on here, you were uh, you were so gracious. You know, we just started the Hideout podcast. I reached out to you, and you know, we get a reply back from Veritas like, "This is not the real guy." He said, "Yes." I, I remember that. You guys were like, "This can't be the real guy." Yeah, and it was like, "But you're in Arizona." Yeah, I'll, I'll join you. It's like, "Holy crap!" All right. And then when we wrapped up the first segment, you said, "Yeah, why don't you guys join us on Friday for you know on your stream?" It's like, "This is just not you know unbelievable." Yeah, and sure enough, we popped on, and yeah, the, you know, the Hideout Podcast took off with you being the first guest. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, it was fun. I felt I, I felt bad out in Arizona because the Wi-Fi we were out in the middle of nowhere it it was like it looked like one of those like afghani compounds you see in the movies where it was just it looked like a hundred miles of desert all around and you we were just on a plateau in the middle of it with like a rooftop pool and it was just like sedona you know yeah mountains all around it was just gorgeous yeah yeah it looked great the pictures looked great and i think that was uh, you, were, you guys were celebrating your wife's passing a whole bunch of tests right yeah she had to get licensed she's a pharmacist she had to get licensed in like eight states yeah so she had to take eight tests like every two or three weeks so it's just like take a test study for three weeks take another test. it was insane but yeah Yep. Wow. Well, and you know, now I've, I have you on my new podcast, Tardox, which is really focused on content creation, um, streamers, you know, mods, uh, you know, casters, all the aspects of Tarkov and the content creative community to get your stories. And um, you know, we started. You know, I remember reaching out to you first with the idea, yeah, let's do a, a you know a video about your creative workflow. And of course, like other conversations we have, you said. Uh, yeah, I've already done something. I was like, shit, you always have done it when I was like, you know, yeah, why don't you do this? And yeah, I've done that. So, but I'm glad, you know, we, you know, you said, reach out to me after I get done the AI video. And then you're, you know, knee neck, neck deep with your audio video. So, and now we're here and, you know, looking to jump into it. But you sort of threw me for a loop this week. You, you released a letter to the community. Yep. And I got to tell you, man, that that took guts to to do that. Not a lot of people would do something like that. Yeah, I was. Um, so my my wife, we both work from home. So normally I'm like, you know, get up seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And I basically just sit in bed every time we talk. I'm sitting in bed with the heated under the heated <laughs> blanket. Uh, 
um, usually just working, writing scripts or photoshopping some stuff. And my, so my wife is literally in the next room. So, you know, I see her every day and whatever. And this was like one day that she, the one day in like two months, she goes uh, into the office um, because she manages like 40 people. Um, and I was just like felt feeling like lonely, you know what I mean? Not having the wife there for the first yeah. time in like what feels like years, you know? Um, and then I just, I, I think I had had, I had had a rough couple of days on stream just being frustrated with Tarkov and, you know, just shitty people in chat and not happy with, uh, not happy with like the way that everything was going. Um, yeah. So I, I started to like type out like a tweet like a tweet and i'm like yeah this ain't gonna work uh <laughs> you know and then it got to the point where rather than fit it into one tweet i'm just like screw it i'm gonna do one of those twit longers i've always seen people do yeah and, uh yeah so wow hey, well let me preface this because people are thinking wow this guy's such an asshole he comes on to veritas's stream and he brings up the letter it's like no we you know i talked to you beforehand and yeah. you know, say hey do you okay if we you know talk about this because i'd actually wanted to do a sort of a, a pod at some point about the mental fatigue of being a full-time streamer and it all you know it all started way back in in when we first started doing the hideout podcast seeing a lot of people on twitter the you know full-time streamers you know talking about the depression and and anxiety and everything that goes along with that Yep. And then even with our discussion, our first discussion we talked about, you made a reference about the being the comedian. And we asked you, like, how do you deal with, you know, when chat becomes an asshole? And, is, and you, you described it like a comedian up being heckled. But it's so much more than that, because a comedian goes up for his 20 or 30 minute skit and then it's over. And the people who are there, they paid to see it for the most part. So, yep. you know, they're going to be kind of reserved. But you guys do this 10 hours a day, five or six days a week. And there is there's an um, you know anonymous people are completely anonymous who come in and they can just say whatever you, you know whatever the hell they want, and you got to rely on your mods or some of the people who are just you know starting out into this space. They may not yep. have the mods and they've got to deal with all aspects of that. Yeah, I mean um, the the comedian metaphor only goes so far you can you can extend it out and i end up doing that because um actually in one of my conversations with one of my mods um earlier today um it was it's you know something along the lines of like you know have you thought about you know playing into the trolls maybe you know diffuse it by um you know matching their trolling with with trolling um and then if they're like genuinely jerks um then you know they'll they'll make it obvious usually because they won't like you poking fun so then they right. might you know make it a little bit more obvious and then you know if they're not a troll then they'll laugh and they'll see you know like but but even that doesn't work um just because of the nature the nature of twitch it's like imagine you go to see a comedian but it's not 40 people in a bar it's 400 people with masks on and you know yeah um and they're always coming in and out yeah in and out so if you know someone were to say something rude when the comedian starts messing with you know the person you know making fun of the their shirt or their yeah. tie or whatever everybody will get a laugh because everybody acknowledges like oh, that guy was rude right he just yelled and interrupted the show but if 10 other people just walked in 
and they're like, is this show just all about this guy ragging on his audience? Yeah. And then so then someone else will say, wow, this guy's really a jerk off. And then it's like, well, then you get in on that person and then two other people walk in and they're like, wow, this guy's really. And it just spirals. Yeah. And three or four hours later, it's still ongoing. Yeah. And then all the while you're not sitting there saying jokes, you're playing Escape from Tarkov. Yeah. (laughs) Spending 15 minutes in your stash, 10 minutes in queue, dying eight seconds in. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it it. It's it's really tough. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that makes my I don't want to say like makes my case unique, um, but I think it's what increases the, the challenge um, is that I am opinionated and I'd like to think I'm knowledgeable and have some amount of expertise in a lot of the things I talk about. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of other content creators it's more about the entertainment as opposed to like the education. Yep. Um, and I can do both, but a lot of times, especially if I'm frustrated, a lot of times I'm explaining, you know, here's why I'm mad that, about what the AI did, or yep. here's why I'm mad about the UX of the menus. Um, but if you just have folks that don't know anything about you and, you know, they say, well, the AI is great. What do you mean? And you're like, Oh my God, don't get me started. <laughs> yes. I just yes. did a two hour, you know, content on this whole thing. And then it's it's really easy for that to just devolve into one person basically says what you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then it's like, what do you what do you say? Right. When you spend two months investigating something, <laughs> writing something like trying to be knowledgeable about something. And then yeah. someone just walks in and says, yeah, well, what do you know? Yeah. The, the, the response is. I've done more research than any human being has ever done on this one particular niche thing. Yeah. You know, let me tell you. And but unfortunately, it just you come off like an arrogant asshole. Yeah. You know, um, but it's like, well, would you go and watch a talk from Neil deGrasse Tyson and start talking to him about astronomy, like telling him he's wrong? Yep. I'm not comparing myself to Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying at some point you have to recognize that there's differences in experience and and opinion and research it's not just two equal equivalent people having a you know a debate yeah it's not just a simple disagreement yeah um yeah no i think you bring up a good point about you know your stream what you bring to the table to twitch is different than a lot of the other streamers you know you are giving your opinion you are you know helping educate people versus some of the other streamers who you know they're running you know a couple other people with them in their you know stream all day so they can bounce things off and you know really don't have to you know just you're really one-on-one with the chat for the most of your stream most of the days that you're doing this yeah um i i really do I really do, even if I have two, three thousand viewers, you know, if I get a big host or whatever, I really legitimately read every message. And anybody that mentions me, I respond to. Um, While I'm in the middle of a raid, sometimes I'll literally be in a 1v4, you know, and I'll kill two people and I'll be sitting there healing, reading a message. You know what I mean? Like, part of it is just that. I'm such an ADD multitasker that I can just, you know, I, I kind of have to. And part of it's maybe like 
elements of like OCD or, you know, I'm neurotic or something, but it's like, it's really similar to you ever see, you know, like you have your email or your messages app has those badges. Yeah. You have like 27 unread emails. I'm one of those people who has to clear them all. Uh, and it's like that where a message is about to scroll away and it's like one of those badges, yeah. but it's got a timer on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you'd so. hate my email. I've got like, I think 13,000. So yeah, it's, we're all a little bit different in that yeah. aspect of things. But no, you're totally right. You, I've, you know, I've seen, I've seen your streams where, you know, somebody asked you a question. I'll never forget this because this is like, holy crap. Some, somebody was asking you about programming. And you stopped what you're doing. You wrapped up whatever you're finished, you know, you're doing. And then you basically turned your stream into like a Khan Academy for programming. And you walked through, yeah. you know, a whole aspect of what this person was, you know, trying to figure out from a programming aspect. And I don't think there'd be a lot of streamers that do that. And a lot of people don't see that aspect, you know, that side of you. Yeah. And I mean, one of the interesting and moving and compelling aspects of that is like that person ended up you know they were close to college age and they yeah. ended up realizing that you know pivoting and going to school for getting their degree in computer science and it's like me spending 45 minutes with ms paint up on stream <laughs> yes like literally <laughs> changed someone's life yep. you know what i mean which is it's just insane to think about but when I'm passionate about something, I want to I want to explain it and I want to talk about it. Yep. So I live off of that passion and the positivity. Um, but it, when some when when I'm hit with the negativity, it's yeah. almost like my balloon is deflated. Yeah. You know, and it just it, it feels like imagine winning an award. You know, you're getting up there to get your trophy yeah. and, you know, all of the other people are just heckling you yeah. while you're up there. And it's like it just ruins what would otherwise be a fun and positive experience, you know? Yeah. So, and, know. and this is, you know, it may be different if you were only doing this for the last year or two, but you've been doing this for three or four years and it's just, it's, you know, it's constant because you are who you are and you haven't changed that way. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I mean, actually I didn't even realize that yesterday was my four year stream anniversary. It literally didn't, didn't, uh, until someone resubbed. Yeah. Um, I was like, Oh shoot. You know, this it's the 17th. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I was, I've been doing it for four years. And I will say it was much easier when I wasn't an expert yeah. on these subjects. I mean, I, I put that in quotes. Like, it's such a silly sort of laughable thing. But it's like, you know, I'd like to think I know a lot about AI and Tarkov and a lot about audio and Tarkov and a lot about you know, the quest design and the vision and whatever. Um, well, you've lived this I, game for four years. So you've and you're having communication and discussions with developers of this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I there's a lot of people who have more hours, you know, than me in the game. But, you know, it's it's different from an engineer that builds a race car and the race car driver. Right. Like there's two they're two different expertise. You, yeah. know, you don't expect the race car driver to know about the right compression and the piston yeah. cam length and all, you know what I mean? That's, it's just different stuff. So I'd, I'd like to think I'm an average driver, you know, but I looked under the hood um, and there aren't many people who have spent the time that I have to like literally research 
I'm, I'm reading like white papers and you know watching videos and um you know like reading people's i i read through a 20 page doctoral thesis from a dude about hrtf um that i ended up using one paragraph <laughs> that i paraphrased and i wrote five pages of my script that i ended up throwing out i threw yeah. 25 pages of that script oh my to shorten God. the video yeah. to shorten it because it was already three hours long and there was more I wanted to talk about. Well, you even you also taught yourself Unity to, you know, demonstrate Steam audio too. you know, those yeah. things that you jump into. But, you know, all of that has an effect on a person's psyche. And I mean, you yeah. know, Peg, one Peg, you know, you know, he's been pretty vocal about, you know, mental health and, and being you know, sort of taboo and, you know, the depression, anxiety people don't see that they see broken bones they see bruises they see scars and things like that but the mental health aspect of in society is you know you know either people don't want to touch it or you know they don't know about it and then you know when it comes to streaming it's you know does twitch need to do something or the streaming platforms youtube uh facebook to help educate or help or you know help be, make people aware of this the problem is, is that it's not like a one size fits all solution. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are they going to appoint a, a personal therapist for every all 10 million Tarkov streamers? Yeah. You know? um, yeah. I mean, but there is some people feel it other, you know, more than others. Maybe a lot more people feel it and they just don't. Yeah. They just don't talk about it. But I think a lot of a lot of the, the feeling that I get stems from back when I was really trying to grind and grow when I had seven viewers, 15 viewers, 30 viewers, you get, you really want to get that momentum. Yeah. Um, and every minute you're not streaming, you're missing out on that big host from, um, from deadly slob, you yeah. know, back when, you know, when, when like deadly and cotton were the, the only people that would ever get more than a thousand viewers. Um, playing Tarkov and it was there was literally and part of my history at Tarkov I've been looking at twitch metrics and um, it's actually crazy uh, to see the graphs around like the number of channels streaming the number of viewers the average viewership um, you know back in the day there'd be seven people streaming in the Tarkov category yeah and it was 1400 viewers 1200 viewers 62 viewers two viewers one viewer yeah, that was the whole category. Now you can scroll forever and you'll never find the bottom. Yeah. Um, but it was really just like every minute you're not streaming, you just feel that pressure. And that was when I was working full time. So I'd work nine to five. Yeah. Well, I'd e get up and edit a video like a highlight video, work nine to five, get home, usually grab fast food on the way home and then start streaming until 11. And that was like my life for two years. Um, you just get into the 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 mode of you're always missing opportunities if you're not live yeah. and your channel is dying if you haven't posted content today. yeah and um, and that's the you know that's stress and over time that stress turns into depression yep. and you know 
we've seen you know we've, you know there's been reports of you know twitch pushing streamers you've got to stream you got to stream you got to stream and and you know getting that in your head like you were saying you got to watch your numbers and you know, my numbers are dropping i you know i got to do more i got to spend more time into it that's just you know that's not healthy and i don't you know maybe studies need to be done on that and maybe it doesn't fall on twitch's shoulders maybe it falls on to you know the game developers who are leveraging streamers to be um you know influencers and or maybe the you know your community your peers like i know we talked about uh you know streamer teams you guys have um uh your streamer team with you know uh sigma and uh, and yeah and and uh ghost freak yeah you guys put that together because you saw the foresight hey we don't have there's no backup plan there's no safety net for what you guys do yeah um I, there's a there's a lot of different stream teams and they all do things differently yeah. um they all provide there have been times where like we've the, our little team has been super c cohesive and then there'll be times where we go six months and none of us say anything right yeah. like um so we try to support each other you know when we can usually if i'm it's at the end of the stream i look and i see is any of them are any of them streaming yeah they tend to get you know we're all different there's no set rules we're not forced to do anything but that's usually like okay it's if slush is live um you know probably 60 percent of the time i'll raid slush otherwise usually i'll look, I'll look at my follower list and try to find somebody else um i feel like i, I try to see find somebody else either at my viewership numbers or lower just to try to help somebody you know if i yeah if pesley's got six thousand people and i host him for 300 it's not that he doesn't appreciate it but it it also just doesn't you know if i host somebody else probably half of them are just gonna go watch pest anyway yeah um you know he'll say thanks and move on with the stream whereas if i go host somebody with five viewers like that, that can change their career that yeah. literally will give somebody a sub button in one day I don't yeah. know how many people I've like made affiliate in one day. I'm sure they would have <laughs> by themselves, but you know, um, yeah. So I, I don't think Twitch is ever going to do anything. I can't see them doing anything that mm -hmm. will work. The game developers, I don't see that like working. Maybe really to me, the most likely scenario is more people start getting the the sigma around the sigma the stigma <laughs> um around you know dealing with mental health issues having therapists and counselors and just having people to talk to like that stigma just needs to go away and it's not just streaming it's everybody right. um and uh and you're right about like the research this is right now this is the wild west yeah nobody like there are going to be 10 15 years from now there are there will be names for named after probably content creators yeah. for mental you know health issues it's going to be in the um what the hell is it called the dcm whatever like the mental health book is yeah it's all of the uh you know all of the like official uh names for everything and th yeah. there's going to be all that stuff is going to be created over the next 5 10 15 years yeah because um, there there has to be effects you know you think about this 60 hours a week you are just you're not talking you know you're talking but you're not getting human interaction back you're just seeing words scrolling you know luckily some of you have you know you have spouses who support you but those who don't have spouses they're all yeah. alone and you know there's that has an impact 
for sure for sure i mean and my wife will sit and listen to me vent about whatever but at the same time she also doesn't quite understand you know she might come around and hang out in the stream for 10 or 15 minutes yeah. but you know it's it's just a different world um so a lot of times part of when i wrote the, you know that the letter that i wrote on on twitter um but one of the things i just touched on is how sometimes it can feel so alone yeah you know it's like i can talk to other content creators and i won't i won't name names but a, most of the time the answer i get is i'd say it's probably 60 percent of the time people just say bro just fuck it you shouldn't care about what anybody says just you know and it's like that's not helpful right. one it's not helpful and two maybe maybe this isn't healthy i i really believe in my heart of hearts that that i this i the, the mentality i have on this is not a, the wrong one um where i do care what people think not not everybody not all the time mm -hmm. but you know what people think about you is a reflection on you right um yeah there's a lot of it you can't control but but yeah no i, I mean it it doesn't make me feel good you know, that there are a lot of people that that think i am a bad person for whatever reason and you know a lot of them are schmucks right and a lot of them are right about a lot of things and it's almost always some sort of miscommunication misunderstanding because of this interaction yeah. between usernames scrolling by judging you and then you responding to them it's such a weird one-way interaction that you know i say i say all the time like you can say what you say and i'll respond to you but if we were face to face it would be a different conversation it mm -hmm. would it's just so different having a, even just like this having yeah. a conversation you being able to see my face hear you know the way i'm talking and then me be able to respond yeah because even if you you might type something that's a little harsh and insensitive um but you could say the same thing and have a certain look on your face and have a certain tone of your voice that it's like oh okay I can tell that maybe they just don't quite get something yeah you know as opposed to someone it's hard to not picture someone when they type having a snicker on their face and, you right know, you just, yeah um yeah no it's it's tough and, and i mean one of the things that uh that i think is probably like the most significant effect at least on me that that i need to work out and work through is i mean part of that is like the the you know the pressure of always being live and, and always, you know, working on content or whatever. But it, this is something that I've only really thought about over the last month or two as the weather's getting warm, not to mention, you know, the, the pandemic and everything. Yeah. But it was like, you know, I went to go take the trash out and the whole way to the end of the driveway, I was just thinking, like, got to get inside, like time's ticking, got I, I hadn't breathed fresh air in a 50 degree day yeah. in a year. And here I am worried about 45 seconds. Yeah. That's not good, man. No, like, it's not. And that's, that's the thing I think 
you know, like we were saying about years from now, there's going to be studies about that. Yeah. And, you know, that's yeah, that's the scary part, because there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to be affected by this. They're affected by it now. And, you know, any type of help, any type of support mechanism, it, you know, would be good. I know, uh, you know, maybe your peers working with Twitch, working with some healthcare advocate group to come up with PSAs or, you know, something. Because you go to Twitch's webpage and there's like, you know, it's really, hey, if you, you have somebody's having problems gambling or suicide, here's a hotline. There's, you know... There's got to be something in place. And, and you actually you brought up another good point is like about just working so many hours. But where do you find a window to take vacation where you are not stressing about I'm missing out on when, you know, I'm missing out on viewers or, or my, you know, I'm going to lose viewers. Yeah, I mean, it's it really has to be something that. I'm I'm really cynical. I'm really cynical um, about it, just because, you know, in order, I I really think that in order for something to change, you would need a huge amount of like prominent community members, right? For like almost like we need unions or something. Yeah. Um, and I'm not calling. I'm not saying that, but like you think of Uber. Uber had a platform, and you know they basically you know rode the heck out of those those people who were you know being Uber drivers. But yeah, you need something because like maybe when you, you know, maybe there's a, a something to be put in place when you become a partner. There's some you know maybe they take a percentage of your your income and they provide you some sort of a way for you to either sick days or you know a few days off because I remember you know Markstrom when he got married just i think a couple of months ago that was his first vacation in four or five years and yeah. you know that just that's not good for people no and and i mean the other part of it too is that with all of the all of the crap and everything the the negativity at no point has it ever felt like a job yeah so that's why it's it's not it's not like you know the pit of my stomach feeling I used to get going to school where it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to school, you know, um, yeah. or, you know, after years of work and you're like, I just want to take a sick day and, you know, and, and maybe it feels like that more often than yeah. not. It, it never felt like that, you know, like part of, part of the taking the trash out is a little bit of it or, or you know, maybe half of it is the timer's ticking. I don't want to miss any opportunities. Yeah. The other half of it is like I feel like playing Tarkov. You yeah. get excited, so you want to like rush inside, and then you boot up the game, and then the first five rate, like the first two hours of of Tarkov today was horrible. It was just yeah. terrible. And, you know, it was like so when you get excited, and then you show up and it's terrible, and the negativity, like the, your frustrations and the negativity, just turns into negativity from chat. You know, yeah, not all of chat, but people in chat that are like, "What do you expect, dude? Why were you sitting in that corner?" You know, like, yeah, like critiquing every little thing. And even if they're right, it's still like, "Screw you!" Like, just let me be salty, and then five minutes <laughs> right. from now I'll be fine. Um, you know, but uh, but then it just feels like it's like going to Disney World, waiting in line. And then the ride's broken. And yeah. then you go and you wait in line. You're so excited and the ride's broken. Someone spills their drink on you or calls you a name. And you're yeah. like, you're just ruining this, you know. So then you're like, why the hell did I spend all this money and all this time getting on a plane, flying to come to Disney, walking around? And I'm not even, like, enjoying myself. Yeah. 
and then when you leave you feel like you just missed this opportunity you just missed out on having some fun and then you feel like you know that's how it's been feeling yeah and it's directly linked to how tarkov feels if tarkov feels great yeah i'm in a great mood the the trolls and the negative the negativity and whatever it's so easy to deal with when i'm you know yeah but and i'm sure this is something that's you know not super common and you know maybe specific to me but um i just get more vulnerable to uh being defensive or kind of fighting back it's almost like not wanting to let myself be bullied or yeah. you know not like you feel like i'm backed into a corner or whatever i'm not going to let myself get pushed around but i you know part of it is that i just forget that i'm the one in charge i'm the one in power yeah you know um this is your stream yeah so the hard part is and what i need to do sometimes is read the message and just go on with my day even if it's a rude mean message yeah you know and that's what a lot of the things i've been telling a lot of my moms lately which is you know i feel bad and it's hard being like don't moderate yeah step away from the keyboard because in order to you know i see a therapist and part of it is that my therapist has been on vacation for a month so, <laughs> so you know you make all this progress and then all of a sudden you know there's uh no one to talk to about about stuff for a month yeah. but um but the it needs to start with like me being able to read something and ignore it yeah and then move on so then over time the sting will feel less and less and i'll become more accustomed to it yeah but you know when someone says something really rude and then i ignore it and i'm like yes i gotta win and then one of my moderators times them out like rightfully so but then yeah. they're like well, what the hell what are you doing moderators blah 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 and then i have to jump you in. Step in yeah well now it's like now i'm even more mad because you didn't spit on me you spit on my friend you know right what I mean? yeah so it's just like this really weird thing that again i'm sure that a lot of these specifics are 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 unique to me and a lot of them aren't you know there's a lot of right. content creators that apparently what i said resonated with them i, I honestly thought i was going to get a lot of crap really for that yeah for pouring your heart out there you thought that you were going to get flack for that yeah i mean because part of it is you know i started off by saying i want to apologize for like my emotional and mental state yeah it, and it's really easy it seemed obvious to me that people were going to say oh you finally you're admitting that you're a, you're an asshole good <laughs> you know now you're on the road to change you know that was and, and I, you know what i got maybe two of those messages yeah but I got a thousand other responses, retweets, DMs on Discord, DMs on Twitter, DMs on Instagram. Yeah. And a lot of the messages were like, hey, I was a I was a jerk two years ago. And, you know, I'm really sorry. And then I could say I'm I'm you know, I'm sorry, too. I'm sure I was having a bad day and probably stuck it back in you. And, you know, I'm just trying to put a human face on all of the names and, uh, you know, no, people got to stop being dicks. If, you know, I, that's, I think that's part of the problem these days, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's etiquette. Yes. And people don't realize they're being dicks. You know, they yeah. come in and they say, oh, wow, you know, 180 viewers. What happened? You're Veritas. How come? Yeah, they, they don't. How does this guy have 180 viewers in a streamer item? Yeah. You know, it's like. That's the equivalent of like. 
wow, you know, in college your wife was smoking hot and now she put on yeah. 90 pounds of baby weight or whatever. Yeah. And it's like you'd get punched in the face. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? If you said that in real life. But yeah. I think people don't they don't realize because they've never been a content creator. Yeah. That like those numbers matter. Like those numbers are in many ways for a lot of people. It's a, a blatant indicator of your success. It's an obvious thing where yeah. someone has 400, someone has 300. This person's they're just, you know, they're 30 percent better than you. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, and some content creators feel that I feel it at different times, you know, on and off. There are other times where I'm like, I'm not ashamed you know, of my numbers and yeah. there are people that should feel proud. They've got seven viewers and they've got they just hit 100 followers like there's so many reasons along the way, even if you got to 70 and then now you're at 40. Yeah, there's a million reasons why that happens. Some of it's in your control. Some of it's out of your control. But. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do you ever see Ted Lasso? No. Oh, there's a you know, he basically bas makes a statement about, you know, be a goldfish, which is basically you have no memory short. You know, somebody says something to you. It's gone by the time you know, you read it. So that's, you know, for those that you know, have seen that show, they'll get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the interesting things, too, that I notice there are times where someone will say something kind of shitty. And then if I ignore it and nobody manages like one, someone in chat doesn't try to defend you know me or they don't do what i would do before and snarkily respond yeah you know and the moderators don't pull the trigger right away the next message is oh i really like this place or that was a really epic play or wow dude like you're really knowledgeable and it's like damn like i almost just clicked on their name and hit ban like, yeah you know and um and then that guy would have went on reddit and threw a whole bunch of shade at you yep and, and that's a whole nother aspect that, you know, you go to Reddit and that's just, you know, can be so toxic too. that. I'm sure you, you know, you, it has an impact over time. You've seen it. And then, you know, it's you have thick skin for only so long, I think. And, and then it just wears on you. Yeah, I mean, what 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 bothers me the most is I can take fair and honest, constructive criticism from, I think, people that care. When people who don't care about me, when they come in and they say, wow, dude, if you're so salty, just play another game. It's not good for your mental health. You know, I'm concerned. Oh. Bullshit. You've never been here. You're not following me. I've never seen you before. And it was your first message. Like, are you really concerned or did you just want to do the whole holier than thou thing? Yeah. You know, as if like, wow, I've never I've been doing this four years and I never considered playing another game. Like, you know, so part of it's also like this condescending thing. But yeah. You know, there was a, there was a Reddit post, you know, it, that's always been on my mind. I, I'm, I'm like over it now, but it's still always going to uh, I'll still always remember just because of the damn title was why is Veritas such a bad person? Oh. And it was upvoted like crazy. And every single response was an anecdote for something that I'm almost positive. None of those things ever happened. I showed up and asked him how his day was going and he, you know, said you know whatever there was some guy in chat earlier I, I don't know if i've ever seen him before and he said something like you were streaming from your car which i've never done before yeah and he said something along the lines of you called me a non-english player like i've 
I'm, I've never, ever been given anybody trouble with. I'm actually one of the few streams that I let other languages. I don't say English only, please. If there's three or four Portuguese guys in there or, you know, the Brazil, yeah. I'm like, go for it. Right. I try to be as welcoming as I can. I would never just be like, you're not a, you're a non-English speaker. I'm one of the only people that defends when someone says, yeah, there's, there's all these hackers and they always have Chinese names. I'm one of the few people that's like, you can just leave out Chinese. Yeah. And you'd be less of an asshole, right? Because it, they, they might have a name that might, I'm sure you don't know the difference between, you know, Taiwanese, yeah. Chinese, Korean. I'm sure they wouldn't know. Um, but like, it doesn't, if their name was Portuguese or if it was Spanish, like you wouldn't be saying it was a Spanish cheater. Not a single person's ever said there was a Portuguese cheater, but a Chinese, you know, and it's like, there's already all the shit going on with, you know, back when COVID, COVID first yeah. happened, which is just like, we don't need more toxicity and nope. hatred, you know? Not at all. No. So let's bring it back and wrap wrap that aspect of. I know we went down a rabbit hole there, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I you know another example like you know the you NBA. Know, I know you're not a sports guy, but the NBA has programs in place for rookies who come into the NBA, and now they've gone you know they've gone from poor to multimillionaires, yep. and programs to help them you know get acclimated and and you know things to watch out for. And maybe at the end of the day, it's it's you know your peers working together with maybe you know the healthy gamer guy you know getting him and maybe a couple other people from the industry youtube and twitch to just you know start something you know because it's not going to start from the mid-level people it's going to come from people like you and your peers you know to to get some some a voice yeah i mean the thing that really pushed it over the edge for me was watching um a few other content creators like uh, philip defranco um who does you know he's one of the og youtubers um some other streamers and stuff uh, a few of prominent respected folks you know with millions of subscribers um have done sponsorships you know not with you know raid shadow legends or like some vpn yeah. but with um a, a company called BetterHelp, and it's like an online thing where you get set up with a therapist and it's actually like if you have, were going to a therapist three years ago and then when the you know COVID hit you'd probably have video calls with them and it you know and it wouldn't be that weird in that context you know um so the fact that I heard about this during the pandemic it yeah. like, wasn't weird to be able to talk to someone um yeah so so I mean I did one of those go to the freaking website and you know sign up for uh you know to get uh to get counseling and it just so happens that my therapist like lives like an hour north of me oh shit. Um, and i think that they i think that they kind of keep it regional um and it's like I, I remember the first person that i got set up with i was like this guy sucks like, <laughs> you know nothing in common with this guy like he just didn't seem like he gave a shit and after the first one, you click a button and it's like you want to give someone else a try. And it was the most unlikely, you know, it was like a middle aged woman, maybe from Belarus or something. And it was like, she's not going to get any <laughs> of the nuance of like, I'm a Twitch streamer. And then now we right. talk and she's like, how's Tarkov been? You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, have, has how how often are you dying to shit that you want to blame on the design of the game? Like, how's everything go? And it's it's made a huge impact. Um, so I mean, yeah, if if a whole bunch of content creators, you know, start getting behind the whole idea of like talking about mental health issues, bringing it up, communicating it to their communities. To me, I think that that's right now probably the most significant thing that you could do. Yeah. Um, more so than at least raise awareness to, get, to it, you know, yeah. it, you know, because, you know, Twitch you know, and I don't mean to knock Twitch. Twitch has been good about inclusivity and, and you know, you know, bringing people together and, and you know, making sure nobody gets offended and all that kind of stuff. But there's that mental health thing that I think needs some attention and, you know, sooner than later, because this is a whole new, you know, uh, career field that's basically popped up over the last four or five years. Yeah, it's uh, the hard part is just going to be like resources. Yeah. Like not every not every partnered streamer has a partner manager. And even yeah. then, like I have a partner manager and I haven't talked to him in a year and a half. Some partner managers get people on the front page, you know, yeah. but it's usually the big names that are bringing in the money. But it's like if you can't even get a partner manager for 85 percent of the partners who are already two percent of the streamers. Yeah. Then I, that's why I'm just kind of cynical about it. I just yeah. don't see them providing anything more than like you press a button and you get a newsletter. Right. You know? Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope something happens. You know, somebody, something happens down the road. So, all right. Sorry to go down that that long rabbit hole with you, but I'm you know I'm, I'm glad I'm sure we did it's it. Significant and helpful for for. If it's significant and helpful for one, two people, then it's it's worth, you know, 40 minutes yeah. talking about it. So that's my opinion. So now the real reason, if you got time, if you don't, we can do this I've another time. The, I've got all the time all in right. the world, man. So your content creation, you know, skill set. Uh, first of all, you've created a video essay or a video instructional or I guess how would you describe your video series you created to help people create videos? Uh, it was a, a long-form video essay on video essays. There we go. Um, it was it was kind of an inception sort of thing where, oh God, it's so it's so hard to describe because it was like this big brain idea that I came up with that I had to, I had to work backwards because what I was doing was writing the script, knowing that I, that I'm going to be talking about the things I'm talking, I'm doing right now. Yeah. The video is going to be about that. It's not about the, it's not about the first, how do I explain this? The first paragraph is not, it's not me saying. It's almost I'm like an talk, example. This is the first, this is the first thing I'm going to say, it, you know, it's talking about writing the first paragraph. Yeah. So it was really meta. Every step of the way was me explaining how I go about it while showing you how I go about it and explaining why and how I go about it. So I would literally have me recording the voiceover and using that as the B-roll talking about how I record the voiceover. And I'm using me recording it as, you know, and I had to kind of break the you know fourth wall a few times yeah. <laughs> and say like, you know, when I'm recording the voiceover, Sometimes I'll do this and all of a sudden I change from my Premiere Pro to all right. of a sudden it's my camera and it's like I'm literally recording the voiceover right now and I wrote this into my script, you know, um, so part of that was just sneaking in some creativity. Yeah. Um, 
but but yeah i mean the part of it it was just a lot of people don't know where to start or they've been inspired and they're like what the what the heck do i do yeah um well with you how did how did did you do editing before you jumped into streaming did you create any videos before you know hopping on twitch or youtube the first videos i made way back in the day was around call of duty 4 on the original xbox when i had like xbox live um i mean i might have been god what what year was cod 4 cod 4 came out in uh 2007 so i was 19. i man i i want to say it was earlier than that but but probably not um so I ended up buying a capture card, which was like a really rare niche thing that wasn't so common like it is now. It was, you know, like this external dongle that, you know, um, that you would like record directly to and it would, you have like the RGB cables, you know, um, well, not even the RGB, the uh, component or a composite. VGA, yeah, composite, yeah. Um, (coughs) but, But yeah, so I ended up making videos that were just highlights from that you know with like the puddle of mud music or yeah. whatever the 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 dumpster rock from like the 2000s you know um and like were you using windows movie maker or vegas or something like that back then windows movie maker whatever was free just yeah. put it all together you know and it was literally just take the music and every time the beat drops you do a cut yeah. you know um the whole no scope quick scope 360 just ridiculous montages and i tried to find the content because i uploaded it to youtube yeah um and then it just kind of sat there and you know nobody wanted to watch them you know um and youtube was still you know really in its infancy so um that was the first editing i did and then i didn't touch anything you know i mean 19 so i had um you know four years of college undergrad three years of my master's degree and then so during my master's i worked um basically full time um i managed uh the kind of front desk of an indoor skydiving wind tunnel yeah um so then i got really into body flight and indoor skydiving which is the coolest sport nobody's ever heard of um and <laughs> I someday have, because I'll you do told me about it yeah yeah someday i'll do uh, i have a lot of footage i mean i i have probably over I, i've got oh, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours in the wind tunnel um which is different than thousands of hours playing a game like tarkov <laughs> because if you were to go in and pay it's 800 dollars an hour retail oh, so but i work there so you get you know 15 minutes of tunnel time a week yeah which is worth two or three hundred dollars and then a lot of the instructors were so tired of being in the tunnel all day getting their ass kicked so i give them 20 bucks and we go in and fly on their time because you can share your time with other people ah so what would happen is they'd fly with me for like 30 seconds and then they give me the other 14 minutes um i give them i buy them lunch or i yeah. buy them a couple beers or whatever they're just standing in the doorway and you know they were tired so they're getting paid what you know they don't have to do much while i'm in there yeah um so yeah i had a ton of gopro footage i take the gopro and and suction cup it on the outside of the glass and i would edit highlight you know videos from all that that all of those are all now privated because yeah. it's all like my real name right and, you know um but yeah so that was when i really started to take editing a little bit to the next level with mm-hmm. like you know um i was using 
probably so not Sony Vegas. Oh man, I forget. Uh, I, I forget. Um, yeah. Using one of the a, a better, more professional piece of editing software, doing more stuff and dealing yeah. with like 4K footage and slow mo and you know, so that I was kind of getting a little bit better at video editing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, after I graduated and I was working, um, that's when when PUBG was really blowing up. I was watching a lot of Shroud. Yeah. Um, and I got really good at PUBG. I would play solo in the squad games so there'd be groups of four 24 groups of four and then i'd be solo and i just had a lot it was fun for me it's kind of like tarkov to play solo and mm -hmm. be able to win a 1v4 um you know and i got really good and i mean this is before it went was huge mm -hmm. so there's a smaller community i guess but i mean like i was you know i was like top five in north america you know in solo when the rankings first came out um you know, so I was like, shit, I got to start making some videos and whatever. And those are the earliest videos on my YouTube channel. They're still there. They have 38 views on them. You, yeah. You just go to my videos and do date by oldest. All my highlights are there. And I think some of them are pretty awesome. But, you know, just yeah, nobody. There's a million people that all made PUBG frag movies. So who cares? Well, that's that's funny. Because that's, you know, I went back. Let's, see, let's look at his first video and see what it was. You know, and it was a highlight clip just like. Everybody else who's jumping into this, they make their first highlight clips. And and then, you know, I see how you, know, you, you had your uh, from hell. Is it from hell series or welcome to hell or something welcome like that? Hell. Oh my and God, I yeah. saw that and it's like, holy <laughs> shit, this is where General Sam got his, uh, you know, his inspiration. You know, it's funny because I started to look more into doing I had some more green screen idea stuff. Yeah. And then I started to think like it's so funny you said that because I was like. I want to do that again. And then I thought nobody watched those videos. That was way before I got popular. That was me trying to do something different and be creative to stand out before I really got into the science stuff. Yeah. And I thought some of it was goofy as hell. I thought some of it was really good. Yeah. I'm scarred by that one scene of you in some pajamas and waking up next to Nikita. That was like, it was, just a, like... It was a cat onesie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cat onesie. <laughs> cat onesie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was like playing. Uh, I was inside of Fortnite or whatever. Um, yeah, this it was just stupid. stupid <laughs> but, but you know, I just wanted to to do something different. Um, yeah. You know, to try and stand out. I mean, there was one percent of the the number of content creators as there is now. Yeah. And I still was like, I'm never gonna be discovered, and you know, whatever. Um, but um, but yeah, I I was just thinking. Two days ago, um, I was pulling up uh, a bunch of videos and was looking to see, like, because I never really watched General Sam a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I just, there's only so much Tarkov content I can consume. Yes. Um, you know, and I know, like, Fair TX makes fantastic content, but yeah. I just can't, I just can't watch, you know, I'm burnt out on it. I'm not, I don't want to watch other people's yeah. content. Um, but I was just thinking, like, I want to do some green screen stuff again. And people would say that I was ripping off general sam so what i did was i went and i looked to see when was his first tarkov video yeah and it was like two years after my and i'm like no Dude. like <laughs> i wouldn't be ripping him off and i don't think he ever he never saw that i guarantee you he never saw oh god that. no no um I'm, yes but it's like i would be accused of of you know well, just, just like your to... your tweet today uh, about, uh, oh, the pro-Russian thing that you put up or something like that. You know, total joke. But, yeah, you're going to 
that yep. yeah but yeah no and it, but you know general sam you're you're right with the green screen stuff he's taken that out you know to a whole nother level and his his humor is it's just fantastic it's so dry and he would scare me to have on a pot because i have no idea where he could take things yeah he seems like a real a real character yeah. I've, I've never interacted with him at all um he seems just like one of those guys that was like on another level when you have a million subscribers and you're getting millions of views it's just like i don't even you know but i'm sure that the interaction would go exactly how it goes when somebody who's following me is like oh my god this guy's talking to me in my dms like oh god you know and it's like i don't know how to even react to that yeah. right like um yeah i don't know you just like one day you're just a regular dude and then you know after not too long you have people that are like nervous to talk to you yeah and it's like, how do you even, you know, it's not like you were a child star that grew up and all you've ever known is fame and fortune, right? right? Like, that, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. That, you know, we're still seeing the effects of now. And you look at, like, Britney Spears. and Yes. You know, yep. We are, right now, content creators, Twitch streamers, that's us. We are now the Disney Channel crew from 20 years ago <laughs> that are getting messed up from just being exploited and, you know, yep. taken advantage of and stuff. Like, I feel like we are the next... Uh, that group, next that next group, that, yeah. yeah. So now you know. So your videos are almost like you know the videos you produce now, and and you've sort of are known for are almost like documentaries. Is yeah. essentially you know you approach them totally different than a lot of people who create content for Tarkov. And how, you know if you're looking back at your earlier documentaries you created versus the stuff you created now, how much you know has your the way you approach those changed much? yeah yeah much more much more structured back when i first started it was a lot of like i had you know a general idea for what i wanted to talk about and what i would do is i would kind of like record the footage of the stuff i wanted to do and then recorded like a non-scripted voiceover and i have a few of my older videos where i'm talking about like quests and stuff yeah and i'm driving in the car on the way home from work um sitting in you know route three traffic um and hearing you know i have my my camera suction cup to my to my um sunroof you know with my with my little you know road microphone hanging down and i would or or there were there were a few months where i'd have my my cell phone just kind of propped up on the dashboard yeah. and i would be winging it but the problem is and i you know i got some some feedback i mean at the time this was like the only real negative feedback i got was people saying well you say like a lot and you say um a lot and it's like well that's what happens when you're talking and you're like not sure what you're talking about not not, not that you're not sure but you're not sure what you're going to say you're just kind of winging it yeah um you know uh and i wanted to i got inspired by content that that i loved to watch i mean that's that's what i've always done is I watch content and I steal different ideas and different aspects of it. Um, you know, back in the day, it might have been Smarter Every Day or Veritasium. They would do little bits on like, I'm going to show you a five minute video on a cool science topic or yeah. whatever. Um, you know, and there'd be videos that would be like, here's a how to video on how to set up a mixer or how to do a guitar, you know. So then I started to do kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then really then it evolved to trying to answer questions that i wanted to know mm -hmm. you know like what's the best headphone i don't know i use them all 
but like I have no idea. Nobody ever had that. You know, nobody ever came to me. Nobody ever asked for it. Yeah. One day I just was like, I'm going to do a video where I compare them. And I have a little bit of experience with like music and audio that I can kind of sprinkle in there. And that was my first like six figure view video. Yeah. Um, and people still to this day are like, when are you going to do another? One? When are you going to do another one? And I've made like three of them every couple of years. Um, but even that. It, it just felt. It's interesting. The guides are interesting, but it wasn't until I started getting into the longer form video essay stuff that I was consuming. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was all all kinds of stuff from like Magic the Gathering art on the cards to talking about um, film. And what I think one of the most influential channels was every frame of painting. Um, I am not like a cinema guy i've never been into cameras film you know like you don't own a black turtleneck <laughs> no, I, I, I do not own a black turtleneck um yeah i don't know i it, it never interested me and then i came across a few video essays from every frame of painting that like completely changed the way i looked at film like before to me a movie was just it's entertainment yeah you know, you've got Spider-Man, you've got, you know, Transformers. They're all just like, what can be amazing? And then watching the video essays on really amazing films and how. Like things I never thought about, like composing movement, yeah. putting together a frame where you have a guy over here on the right side of the frame and then a guy in the back half cut off mm -hmm. and then a little bit out of focus and then someone else looking in another direction um or you'd have one shot where you'd have like one guy would run and then stand there it was like a samurai movie yeah he'd be standing looking to the right and then all of a sudden the next scene would be like 70 people all on a mountain you know and it was like there's reasons for all of that and the reasons for the color and how the wind is blowing against the trees and once it was like I had no idea people thought about this stuff. Yeah. And now that I understand it and gain an appreciation for it, I'm like, holy shit, there's just a whole other layer to to this stuff that not only was I inspired by the things I learned from like the analysis of the film, but the way in which the analysis of the film was created. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this guy's doing a voiceover. This guy's telling a story. Like, I wonder if I can do that. Um, I don't even remember what my first video is. I think it was getting Tarkov was probably the first video essay that I did. Um, and that was very heavily inspired by just even like the the, the way that I I the fonts on the screen yeah. and had the different effects between the, the scenes and stuff was was crazy. But um, but yeah, the, the one video that I would recommend um, I don't even remember what it's called, but I, I know that if people went looking on, I believe it's every frame of painting, they would find it. But it's about a documentary about um, uh, like a family where their son went missing. They were pretty sure that he was like killed, but not everybody in the family's like their, their stories didn't really match up. And then all of a sudden and they were from like Podunk, Alabama or something. And then a boy got found in like Spain a little like Spanish boy that barely spoke English 
something ended up happening and and he ended up being like i'm that boy he he wasn't that boy like but the weird part was the family was like yeah no that's definitely our son so it started to be like did they kill the kid and now this is like oh their scapegoat because he doesn't look anything like him you know he's like clearly like darker skin and they're a bunch of just like hicks you know from the (laughs) south it's this weirdest thing but the whole time i think it's called the imposter yeah the name of the documentary but this video is about the imposter and one of the most interesting things was everybody that they interview all the family members they're all doing this they're doing the interview where they're talking to the guy off screen right yeah and the camera's like this there's one character that is interviewed looking directly into the camera and it gives you this total unsettling like you know this guy is the focus of this thing before like the reveal yeah and it just gives me chills as soon as i saw that i was like now i know why i felt the thing i felt like that's so freaking genius yeah you know so getting that kind of inspiration i was like i want to tell a story and i want to have people feel emotions and i want to teach people things and and at first it kind of was like i wanted to sneak in some of the things that interested me into tarkov yeah you know and i literally open up i open up with a quote in that first thing that was basically um it was like a quote from someone in like the senate or something like the supreme court yeah from like 80 years ago talking about like the definition of hardcore pornography um and i'm like i ended up segueing this interesting piece of whatever into i'm going to tell you a story now to try to hook you in because that's what this a lot of this other content did it was just a way of sneaking in stuff that i thought was interesting that if i made a video on any one thing nobody would have watched that video but if i make it about tarkov and i sneak in bits about cinematography or about engineering or about coding then i can trick people into being interested in this stuff yeah and it worked um well even to this day it seems like you sneak you drop in these quotes that are you know not even related to tarkov in any way yep yeah i mean it's 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 because i i want to first of all i want to share the things that I'm passionate about. Any musician will know what it's like. When their musician friends comes over, it's like, I gotta pull up YouTube, you gotta hear this song, and you pull one up, and then they're like, I got something you wanna hear. Yeah. You know, and you pull and it's just going back and forth, back and forth, wanting to show and that's how I am. I just get excited to show to show stuff off um and to share the things I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um Yeah. So now, jumping back into the creative side of things, what are some of the things you've learned to help them make make that you know creation uh, the video creation process easier? Or any things that like you know cut down time to get that finished product done? So the biggest thing for me is getting it's the development of the outline. Yeah. So what I do is I get an idea and I throw every single idea it's almost always a bullet point list yeah i just started working on a bullet point list two days ago for a video that i wasn't even planning i forget where i was um i think i was like in line at like coffee shop or something and i was like ooh, and i pulled this up and 
oh, you know what it was? I was I was driving and I always have a video on. I just that I'm listening to while I'm driving. And it was Tweak made a video about um, it was called. I think it was like the failure of inertia. Yeah. And I got like 10 minutes into this thing and I just had an idea about something that he said that I kind of slightly like disagreed with or had a different take on. Yeah. So like literally the note is the failure of inertia tweak video with a timestamp. And like literally I wrote mention other video about real life abstraction, which was the video, the Tarkov video was about realism. So I know in my head what I want yeah. about, you know, and it's stop faster, accelerate slower, didn't change speed of movement. So it didn't address the jitteriness of movement due to netcode or animations. People just time it property, uh, properly to still jiggle peak. It wasn't solved. Punish sway while moving. Um, improve recoil, crouching and prone drastically and make it worse while standing. What's the problem, question mark? Like, it's just, I throw all my ideas yeah. against, and, and, and then what I do is I take those ideas and I figure out, like, what are the important bits? Can I break this into four to five sections? Sometimes six, yeah. you know, in, in the case of the audio video, it was like eight. <laughs> um, but once you have kind of these coherent ideas, this the hardest part is trying to figure out out of all of these things, what's the story? What's the cohesive way in which they fit together? And then usually it's like this needs to go here, this at the end. And then you start to say, okay, well, now that I have an idea for what I want to talk about, what's the story? What's the lesson? And it, part of it is just like essay writing. Yeah. Where it's like, how do you hook people in at the end? And then at the end, or sorry, at the beginning. And then at the end, how do you summarize all the stuff you just talked about? Um, and it's like the, le the least cheesy way of the essay writing stuff you learned in junior high school. Yeah. High school. Um, but it's really the same structure. It's I'm going to tell you these four things. Here's number one. Here's number two. Here's number three. Here's number four. I just told you those four things. And here's why it's significant. And it all just comes from throwing ideas. Yeah. Reordering them, connecting them and then figuring out what the story and what the, the meaning is. Um, now, do you take those all by bullet points and then create your story, you know, your your storyline? And then, you know, sort of, okay, I need these assets. I'm going to drop these assets here. Or you got to go search and find, you know, the things you you, you want to bring in. I, I finish writing the script before I touch edit, any editing. Yeah. Um, I, I write the script. So from those bullet points, well, then it's like, then I come up with all the different sub bullet points. So, you know, if I want to talk about the different audio technologies, I'll have a bullet point on 5.1 surround, 7.1 surround, Dolby Atmos. Windows Sonic. I mean, now if, if anybody goes back and watches the video, you can you could reverse engineer my my outline yeah. from that because it's pretty obvious. Um, all of the different elements that I build in, all the different sections that are all grouped into into you know larger sections. Um, but but yeah, from there, then I take all of the bullet points, and then I write from there i just expand what are the things i want to talk about whenever i do research i grab the link put it at the bottom so that i can have a source um and then i'll copy paste all kinds of stuff but it's mostly just bullet points turning those bullet points into paragraphs yeah and then open up adobe premiere yeah hit record and read through the script until i and then read through the script until i <laughs> and then read through the script until i get the sentence exactly right 
exactly right the way I want to, and I just go through and and that's one of the things I showed in my video essay. Right. Um, yeah, not to stop and video record, essays. stop, do one, keep going instead of yep. all these other files. Yep. So, uh, you know, just going through and uh, and record the the voiceover, and then what I started to do recently. This is a new thing, probably in the last three, two or three video essays, is I start to kind of storyboard. So what I'll do is I have my own like language, I guess, where I'll have a bullet point and then I'll, you know, hit enter and then tab over another bullet point And then I'll put usually in bold in brackets picture of such and such here. Yeah. Show clip of X here and then I'll have in my mind what I want. So then once I record all the voiceover, then I just start at the beginning and I start pulling in clips yep. pulling in clips pulling in clips until i have everything i want um and the miracle the miracle that i don't know how i keep pulling this off because it shouldn't work is i get done with the sections and then i'm like what music do i want and for this history of tarkov episode four i have a whole folder that is just tarkov soundtrack yeah and it was like i'd edit together like a little montage and I would just like pull in a song and it was like the montage was two minutes and 50 seconds and the song is two minutes and 43 and it's like, holy shit, I just <laughs> cut out three seconds and it just like works. Yeah. Half the time the cuts are right on the drops of the beat. And it's like, oh my God, it just keeps working, <laughs> um, you know, and then one of the things I'm learning, too, and I'm, I'm becoming more confident in is that I don't need music behind everything. That yeah. was if you go back and watch my early stuff, there's music always. Um, and then it's I like started watching. Yeah. Yeah. And I started watching. I, I just thought that if there's no music, people are going to get bored. Yeah. And it's like the content should speak for itself. And there's a lot of no music in the, the latest, you know, the latest audio video. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, there's a lot of sections that don't have music. Um, but I got that idea from there's a channel. And this is another content creator that I took inspiration from um, a channel called Nile Red. And he's like a 20 something year old like chemist i don't even know if he's uh, I, I don't know anything about him but he's super super young and he does crazy shit he like one of the things he just recently did was he took rubber gloves and literally through chemistry turned it into grape soda oh i remember you talking about this with yeah with jesse on yes the that's where i heard it from yeah he extracts the one chemical from that and he literally mashes it up puts it in with alcohol and with all this stuff and melts it down, sets it on fire, does all these things, and he ends up with, like, a powder. Then he's like, well, now I need to extract this chemical compound from the powder, so then this is the way I do it with chemistry. And then at the end, he just ends up with the raw core component of, like, the artificial grape flavor. That's crazy. And it's just so fascinating, but he just talks... And the vast majority, he'll have a two hour, two and a half hour video. And the vast majority is talking with a top down view of some beakers. And yeah. you just see his hands. And it's like, <laughs> it's enthralling. But I wouldn't feel confident that like, I'm not doing anything. There's no animation. Right, yeah. Explosions. But you end up falling into the trap of like, every video, every movie has to be the, you know, epic explosion scene. It's just a Transformers. Michael Bay, yeah. Michael Bay, it just turns into Transformers 7, yeah. where it's it's a whole lot of nothing with explosions, you know, and but yeah, now I want to I, I really want to make and I'm only one percent of the way there, but I really want to make content that 
speaks for itself and doesn't need the bells and whistles to yeah. know that there are times where I just will cut to a black screen and I'll say one or two things because w the words I'm saying are meaningful that I don't even want to distract from it. Yeah. And then I'll cut to something else. And you could use that silence and, uh, you know, the contrast of there's nothing to sink, let to it then sink have in. A joke, yeah. To then have a, at the end, have a joke, a punchline or, you know, whatever. Like there's so much you can do. Yeah. And ev everything I watch, I, I have just infinite ideas um so literally every movie every tv show every podcast every every streamer there's always something that you that you should use to inspire you and and i can't help it like yeah. i've i've always been people ask me like how do i get over writer's block and i'm like i can't help you because i am exploding with ideas <laughs> there's not enough time in the day you know yeah. i mean it's a first world problem but now i have the stress of People love my Tarkov parody songs. I've written a hundred of them. Yep. And I've made 14. I have lyrics for a billion songs that are all genius, but it's like, I can't I just, I'm never going to Yeah, where do you anymore. focus? You know, what do you focus your, your energy on? Yep. So. Now, going back to repositories, how, you know, you have this vast library of content. Do you have it all organized, like in folders and, and you know, descriptions and so, <coughs> so you can easily find it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's been evolving over time and I'm getting better and better with it every day. So once I started incorporating a lot more like Photoshop, as opposed to like back in the day, I used to be a lot of let me put some cameraless stock tarkov footage yeah. walking through the woods and getting in fights you know um to me that was kind of like a crutch right it yeah. was like i've got nothing else to say so i'm just going to use filler footage um and now there's a lot more i mean now I, I do all my own photoshopping all my own like i don't know how to draw so i got an ipad pro and i just started drawing and it still sucks but it's a lot better than it was yeah two months ago um so now I have folders where I have a content creation folder and the, the content creation folder has, I mean, I might as well just like bring it up. Yeah. Um, the, the content creation folder has animations, finished videos, fonts, um, screenshots, music, OBS recordings, Photoshop assets, sound effects, stock audio and stock video um and like if i go to photoshop um, assets i have a common folder because every in every friggin' video i put a border around a thing and i used to have to make them bespoke every time yeah but now i'm starting to if you look at the last couple of videos there's a little bit of a theme where it's like i have what used to be my screen my offline like screen animation yeah like you know now i can put stuff over with a nice drop shadow and i can put a um, a border around it. Now I know I take the border and I make it 74% size. And anytime I take like a 1080 or a 1440 video, yep. I say 84% and whoop, it's right perfectly sized. Then I can group it together and put a shadow. And it's like, now the workflow is so much easier where now I'm, I'm not thinking about like, how am I going to make this look, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got the escape from Tarkov logo. It's got a green checkbox, a red X, a red arrow, you know, a border, a grid, you know, yeah. all these things that I use a lot. And then from there I have, um, you know, finished video assets and it's AI video one, AI video two, history one, history two, history three, 
you know, so if for some reason I have to go back and I want an asset from a, another video now, spoiler alert, I've never needed it. Yeah, <laughs> I have never used any of them because I by then I've evolved past whatever it was I did before and I have a new idea and a better idea. Yeah. Um, and that, that reminds me of a little anecdote that I love sharing that I'll, I'll, I'll say quickly, um, but it's it's another one of those inspirational things. There's a documentary called Indie Game the Movie, where it follows um, three game developers. The guy who made the little platformer Fez, um, yep. the guy who made uh, the 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 game Braid, and he also made The Witness, I think. Um, and then the two guys who made The Binding of Isaac. So just the indie game, and you know, one of the guys is kind of like the heel, and the yeah. other guy. There's one guy who's the eccentric dude, and then the two guys are kind of like the favorites. Um, but the guy who made Fez, who's has a really bad reputation for being like a jerk, um, he spent like four years or five years or whatever making this game. And part of the reason it, it took so long, and it kept getting pushed back. But part of the reason was he made all of this pixel art this whole game yeah. spent four years and by the time he'd spent three or four years he got so much better at pixel art oh, yeah. he's like i need to do it all over again because now my shit's so much better so he has to start over oh shoot and do the first 50 levels over again because it just looks like crap and it doesn't match um so i just think that's super interesting that it's like as you're making more stuff you're getting better yeah um which kind of tends to make your other stuff obsolete in a way and you know yeah so um but yeah i i used to hoard all my video footage i have a spindle of dvds <laughs> oh, actually two or three spindle of dvds from the indoor skydiving yeah. tunnel because it's like i'm gonna need this footage someday and it's just uh, a thousand discs of 15 minutes of flying that i'm never gonna use you know no. but i didn't want to throw it out yep but it got to the point where my five terabyte hard drive gets full every other week yeah you know so you're sitting there recording a voiceover and all of a sudden you get an error and it crashes because it's like you have one megabyte of space left and you're like now i gotta spend three hours going through and deleting all of this like super super epic footage yeah. that you might need for something you know so it's all about workflows these days when i have a clip yeah i have my recordings folder i have a folder that's like tarkov sorted stuff yeah i have my recycle bin and i have windows media player or whatever and when i have a clip i don't do it all the time and i'm trying to get better i'll record it and that's like okay that was a clip of netcode drag it into the netcode folder because otherwise what i end up with is a folder that has 700 video clips yep. they're all a minute long and they're all 600 megabytes and i want to find one I click on one, I right. watch it. I, I click on one, I watch it. And at that point, I'm not, I don't even want to categorize them. They're mostly highlights. Yeah. And so I'm going through and watching 600 videos. And you're losing and I'm all this time. Four. And then later on, I still got to watch them all again because they're all named just time, date, time, right. date, time, yep. date. So just, it's all about efficiency. And I'm trying to get more and more efficient and stop wasting as much time as I do because I've got too many ideas and not enough yeah. time. Nope. And now the, you know, the footage you create for showing examples of, you know, in-game stuff, are you, is that all real in-game or are you doing these offline raids? Um, when I'm trying to give examples of, you know, things like netcode or the AI being bad or whatever, yeah. it's all, um, 
if it's something that I can easily demonstrate yeah. in a compelling way offline, um, then I then I'll do that. Um, but I always prefer real live gameplay because it's just like it's like a magician showing you the sleeves like right. i'm not trying to lie to you or misrepresent it look at these 700 clips the proof is in the pudding right um but there are certain things that are you know more easier to do in offline mode especially if it involves testing like one of my biggest videos years ago was when i basically kind of debunked everybody's theory i i, I proved nikita wrong and the community wrong about scav leg meta mm -hmm. because the community was saying they shoot you in the legs they're they they intentionally shoot you in the legs when they are using shotguns and they see you don't have armor on they shoot you in the legs and nikita said they don't do that we didn't program them to do that it's just bullet drop or it's just buckshot and your armor eats it and some of it hits your legs and i ended up determining in offline mode now i ended up validating after the fact it was consistent in offline versus online because that was important but that it was that they're they're aiming low but it has nothing to do with your armor it has to do with your distance so you could literally and it was so bad that if you were prone at 30 meters they would be hitting the pavement in front of you oh shoot and it was because your essentially your hitbox was below the partially that it was desynchronized but they were using they aim for your center of mass. The problem is, is that your center of mass is actually like your belly button. This, your center of like mass is different than like the physical center of your character, um, you know, because that's like a little bit higher where the center. So, so I think it's that they aim for the center of your character, like the player model, um, which like literally if I drew a box around the USEC and you just draw an X, yeah. it's like, oh, it's your waist. <laughs> So if there's a random distribution around your waist, then yeah, it makes sense that they're going to hit your legs and your stomach. But if they're close to you, well, then it's, you know, it's much different than if they're further away. Right. Because now the random distribution is like underground partially. So I ended up and then two weeks later, the issue that was in the game for three years suddenly got fixed. Because I demonstrated it with like data and I, but I, I needed like 5,000 data points. Yeah. You can't do that in a real raid. I would go in offline mode and I would literally come out from cover, have a scav shoot me, go back behind cover, open up the menu, and I would increment a thing in an Excel spreadsheet. They oh, hit me in the shit. arm. And then, but I had to do use case between armor and no armor. Mm hmm. Rifle, shotgun, pistol. Oh my God. And I wanted to get, you know, 700 data points for yep. each one of those things and then i did and none of those things all of them it was a perfectly even distribution it was like seven percent left arm five percent right arm thirty percent chest twenty five percent stomach your legs were basically even and like two percent head which is like re like totally reasonable yeah unless you're at 30 yards 25 meters or more then it was 27% right leg, 25% left leg, 40% stomach, 2%, 2%, 5%. And I actually used, and of course, there's another thing I had to learn how to do. Um, you know how like in Excel, you can color code squares and yeah. whatever. I, I learned how to make it so that 
it was like the color of a square was along the spectrum from like zero was white and like a hundred was red. Yeah. So then going in and putting the numbers in on this little stick figure I made of Excel blocks, <laughs> you get a, a essentially a heat map. Because I went online, I'm like, how do I make a heat map? And all the software was hundreds of dollars. And right. There wasn't like an online tool that I could find at the time. I'm like, screw it, I'll just make one, you know, with Google Doc. And you can see how ghetto those old <laughs> things look. But it was like, this demonstrates that if I just said the numbers, it wouldn't be as compelling. Right. But if I show you one thing that has everything's kind of yellowish yeah. and orangish. But then when I show you something where the legs and the stomach are bright red and everything else is like green and yellow it makes the point yeah so and that's what separates you from a lot of other people all this you know scientific effort that you you know you put into your videos yeah i mean it's it's easy to say here's the conclusion i've come to trust me yeah the problem is is that 85 percent of the time the conclusion is wrong and because they didn't show their work yeah it's like and people also just take the word for it, you know, so a lot of times I would have a hunch or an educated guess or, you know, a little bit of research. And I would I would come to a conclusion that was decently supported. And yet, just like with the audio stuff, well, these nine you know, 90 percent of the people of these other streamers disagree with you. So what do you know? Right. The audio video was my like magnum opus on here's what I know and why I'm going to put up or shut up. I'm going to prove that what I'm saying is true and I'm going to use myself and everybody else in the community that I love and respect. Yeah, but we're not, none of us are infallible. And, you know, I didn't want to like make examples of people. Right. And luckily, I, I feel really confident that none of them. I mean, a lot of the people like commented on it and they, you know, they've, they've told me they really love it, even if it was like, here's a use case of somebody calling hacks or whatever. Right. But it wasn't the thing um, or like an example of a logical fallacy or, you know, whatever um, it. Yeah. Uh, it, to, to me, it's it's the engineer and kind of the scientist in me where it's like put up or shut up. The data should speak for itself. And when you put something out there and you use the scientific method, you feel like the whole point of when you do a study is to do it in a way that's unbiased and blinded. And you're not, you don't, you're not trying to, you're not actually trying to prove your thesis. You're trying to disprove it. You come, you design tests in order to disprove your hypothesis. So the strength of an argument is how well it stands up to the rigor of I'm trying to prove it wrong, trying to prove it wrong, right. trying to prove it wrong. And when it when nobody can come up with a better hypothesis and every time somebody makes an observation and they say, how does it fit into this model? And it works. That's why we have the theory of evolution and, and gravity and relativity and, you know, all of these things. They're not those things aren't laws. They are they're theories, but in a different way it which is it's just a framework of 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 explaining you know the how and why things work mm -hmm. um and all you have to do is once you come up with that 
look at something, whether it's evidence or, or you know, someone has an observation and you say, how does this fit? If someone says they experienced a bug with Steam Audio on, how does this fit? And my yeah. theory is they're wrong, they're mistaken, or they're right. And, you know, I just tried to hone that until I came up with what, you know, I thought was was the best explanation. And then I went and tested the hell out of it. And I went to people and I said, what is it that you think? Can you give me examples? Yeah. Can you show me your data? And it got to the point where I was so confident because if you do something 500 times and every time you come to the same conclusion that, you know, A is true and someone comes in and says A is false, you're just like, okay, bud, you know, I know what you're going to do. You're going to show me a clip and I know it's going to be one of three things. Yeah. Which kind of, we don't have to go back full circle, but it, that's kind of, you know, why some people might say I'm arrogant because they come in and they're like, I, you know, I didn't hear footsteps that came up behind me. And I'm like, was it on stairs? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, I just, I made a prediction. I just did the whole thing. I'm going to write it down and put it in a sealed envelope and you tell me the answer. And then you reveal that you knew it all right. along. That's, that's the demonstration of when people know their shit. Right. Um, when you can, and that's what science does. You make predictions and how good your model is is how good it's able to make predictions that mm -hmm. are right. So yep. that's my rant on science. <laughs> well, even your survey, you you know, use the survey you sent out. It was all over the place. Like, you know, you know, did you hear this on the left or right in front of you? And it was just it was interesting to see the the results or hear the results later. Yeah, I mean, I, I was. Um, of course, that was the second iteration of the test, and I wanted to do an even third one because I, I think it would have been more accurate, more fair, and even more compelling about how good, uh, you know, how good Steam Audio is and can be. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, like, even with the, the, the relatively small sample size, it was just so compelling to me that you'd have someone say, I hate Steam Audio. And then you play them a clip with it off, yeah. and they're wrong 99% <laughs> of the time. And then when they turn it on, it, it, it was just so fascinating to me how they, they'd listen with it off, and they'd be like, play it again? Play it again, and they really have to think about it. And it's like, what do you have to think about? It's like when I show you a color, yeah. you don't have to think about whether it's red or blue. You just instantly, and when Steam Audio was on, I play them a sound, they go, behind me, in front of me, to my left. Am I right? Because they're not guessing. Yeah. They are, it's an understanding. It's an experience rather than a, a deduction. You know, oh, well, I, I don't mind. I can just turn my head left and right, and, right. you know, I can figure out where the sound is. It's like nobody in real life does this, you know? Yeah. But that, that is why dogs tilt their head. Oh. When you talk to them, when you talk and they tilt their head, it's actually there's a smarter everyday video on this which i used for a lot of my i referenced that in my original steam audio video and yeah the, the headset videos but um it has to do with the temporal cues you get um the, the a lot of context we get in real life is when you hear a sound 
it's milliseconds different between your right ear and your left ear just because it's a traveling yes. wave, right? Yeah. Um, and so part of that's ambiguous for dogs uh, just because of the way their ears work. A lot yeah. of times they like flap down or whatever that they, they tilt their head. It helps them. Ah, okay. It helps them like localize and, and, and the sound. Um, yeah, so you should check out that video. It's really fascinating. He, he does an experiment with his son where he blindfolds his son. Yeah. And he and he he's like out in like a basketball court or something out in like a park. And he goes, you know, below him and above him. And the son's like left, right above me. And then he puts silly putty in the folds of his ear. Oh, OK. Not, not in the ear, but in the folds. Yeah. And the kid gets them all wrong. Oh, shit. suddenly he suddenly can't because the folds of that's how we hear. Yeah, that's how HRTF works. So it was like so then when I come across when I start to think about a video, I'm like, I got to use that. Yeah, it's so good. And then I go back and I watch that 40 minute video and I'm taking notes. He says something about this and something about this and something about this. And then I go in. And I take that idea and I'm like, this fits in section two. Yeah. This fits perfectly in section three. And then I have other things I can research and other things I can look into. And then I try to talk to other people, too. Like I talked to my dad and I was explaining it because um, my dad loves this kind of stuff. Yeah. I can sit and talk to my I don't talk to my dad enough. But when I talk to him, we literally sat and I just pace. I can't when I'm on the phone, I pace. Yeah, I can't sit down um, and I just I had to explain to him I'm like there's a steam audio thing and blah 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 <laughs> and you know and he he's the one that came up with like the the way of of how to explain how to explain like why you can't show why you can't take um, surround sound and play it in stereo which is why it doesn't work right because what I wanted to do was actually first I asked him in a way that I I didn't tell him what my answer was. I said, can you take 5.1 or 7.1 surround and accurately represent that in stereo? In a way that showed I was interested, but not like, you can't do that, right? Because right. I didn't want to lead the witness. My dad's the smartest guy I know. Um, you know, he's an engineer. He's just always been knowledgeable and passionate. And he can sit there and solder you know, PCBs oh, and fix musical instruments and... Well, he made your you know, guitar for Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he can do software, hardware. He'll he'll change the, you know, the, the brakes on his car. And, you know, like he just, you know, does it all. Yeah. Um, so I basically... And at first, his answer was, yeah, you can do that. And I was like... Like, he just, <laughs> you know, I'm like, tell me more. But what he was talking about was using surround sound speaker setups and mm -hmm. how there's interesting stuff that they can do if there's like a movie that has, you know, surround sound or whatever. There's a lot of technology and algorithms in in surround sound um, like receivers yeah. that can sort of spatialize with some clever algorithms or whatever. And then I was but then when I ended up being like, what about headphones? He's like, oh, no. If you just have your headphones plugged in here, he's like, no, no fucking way. And I was like, okay, God, thank you. you know, <laughs> it feels good to have validation. But at the same time, I'm. the thing is, is that I, I, I put it all out there. Yeah. And I'm basically saying, prove me wrong. And the fact that 
you know, it's been out for a month. At any point, anybody could get twice as many views if they said how Veritas was wrong about everything. <laughs> Put up or shut up, right? Yeah. Like, if people want to say I'm wrong, all they got to do is bring some evidence to the to the plate. Yeah. You know, and that's not to say I'm not wrong about things. I'm wrong about things all the time, but they tend to be offhand comments or little, you know, whatever. Right. When it comes to the big stuff, I, you know, do the research and try to back it up as, as much as possible. But I would be excited, just like scientists are. Yeah. When you have a, a you come up with a paper, the, the conclusion's almost always, we need more research, but here are the interesting conclusions I've come to. You want people to either replicate you basically do exactly the same method. It's the reason why scientific studies have a methodology. It's because you're telling everybody else, do the same stuff I did. And if you come to a different conclusion, one of us screwed something up. Yeah. And very often it's the original person. And that's not, that's not like a failure. No. In the science world, that's like, we just learned something and you get right. excited. And it's like, let's, there's something we didn't account for. Yeah. But unfortunately, in younger folks and content creation and, you know, non-scientists, that's, I have a political opinion. And, well, I have an opposite one. Well, what yeah. do you know? Yeah, what do you know? Well, you're wrong. And there's no... No discussion. Yeah. It's, yep. it's if, if I take the time to try and explain how they're wrong, all I'm doing is feeding a troll wasting my time and they're just going to say well i don't like your face and right like, okay well i definitely just <laughs> waste my time um but yeah it's not about taking things personal it's about trying to it, it, everything that i do ultimately comes down to i mean it's in my friggin' name it's trying to find it's not saying that i am the truth it's about the virtue of just wanting to get as close as you can the yeah. never-ending you know uh, Sisyphean curse of pushing that boulder up the hill and always having it fall down, but there's something like noble about that. Yeah, I think um, just getting closer and closer to that and sharing that with people um, and trying to inspire everybody to do the same. Because if everybody, I'm not saying if everybody was like me, but if everybody had the same mindset, I think the world would be a better place. There'd be no reason for anybody yeah. to kill anybody. There'd be no reason, f you know, to oppress or discriminate. It would just be about honest and open discussion and being empathetic and learning. And, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. That's my utopia that'll never exist. <laughs> so now if we look at the last two videos you did and then, you know, uh, with AI and with your audio, like you look yep. at your script. How big was the script for your AI? How many pages? Um, oof, that's a good one. Tarkov AI script. Good thing I still have it on Google Docs. Uh, 27 pages. Single space. Yeah. 27 pages. And, you know, and how about the audio one? Uh, curse. Tarkov. Uh, audio. Oh, my God. Is it's got to be here. This oh, the Steam audio controversy is what I, is what I called the doc. Um, that one is 50, 58 pages. And you chucked out and I 25. Have 25 pages. That's literally like paragraphs that I wrote. It wasn't even outline. It was paragraphs I wrote. I wrote two separate intros 
one of them was based on a, a YouTube channel I like watching called Vsauce, where yeah. it was, um, he just, it's a bunch of like interesting non sequiturs where like the first thing I talked about was, and it was to try to get you hooked in, um, was leftover audio notes. Yeah, so this is the 25 page document um, where I start off telling a story about when I went to Rome on my honeymoon, went to St. Peter's Basilica in the, the, the Vatican. Yeah. And because I have a bunch of pictures that are really interesting, cool pictures and some video that I want to, it's just a kind of a reason to get me to sneak in some interesting shit. Right. It's from real life, you know, like I'm a human, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I talk about how there's 550 stairs and how the stairs are slanted and there's like a spiral staircase with a rope and you just see like elderly women climbing up this thing and you know and the, it's funny how out of shape i was and all these old old ladies are like passing by like you need help kid um and then i then i was then i talked about uh the helical staircase inside of london's city hall yeah a beautiful piece of architecture um and then I talk about how the old medieval towers in castles, they made it so that they um, ascend in a clockwise direction, which mm -hmm. is basically opposite of everything else, because it would be easier for the people up top to fight with swords. Oh, because it's curving to the to their left. Yeah. So you're fighting with a sword on your right. So the people who were besieging the besieging the, cat, the, wall. You know, yeah. the castle, it would be hard for them. <laughs> Um, so it's just like all these interesting factoids. And then at the end, it was the staircases in Escape from Tarkov are these broken, impossible audio things. And it was like, oh, now I see where you're going with it. Right. It was just a whole bunch of. But that was my way of, you know, getting people. And I ended up throwing it out because I'm like, people are going to say like it, it ended up being it was going to be like a 10 minute intro oh, and I'm like people are going to be just get to it right like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> yeah so i threw it out and then i wrote another one that was based on you ever watch the matrix the original yep. matrix where they're walking and i i even made a cover version of this of the music where neo is walking through the matrix with fishburn whatever the hell is yeah. his name is um where he's like it, it's the whole kind of like um he sees the woman in the red dress yeah he's sitting there on a monologue and they're walking through traffic in the city and i had the music and i took the whole script of of what he said lawrence fishburne yeah um morpheus what he says to neo and i changed like one word basically every time morpheus is talking he has his back to the camera until there's a few times where he turns and looks and i'm like i can change any of the words when his back's to the camera. Yeah. So I rewrote that whole thing where it was like, this is the world, Neo, you know, and nobody understands. And it was like, nobody understands steam audio. You know, like, <laughs> and I, I was basically did the whole scene. And then at the end where he's watching the woman in the red dress and then like detective Smith or whatever yeah. points the gun at him. I did the whole Swajili with a, a, a pause. <laughs> and I'm like, nobody's going to get that either. Like yeah. they're, there are a bunch of kids probably are too young to right. install the freaking yeah. matrix, you know? Um, so then I scrapped that whole thing, you know? And so that's how I ended up with 25 pages. 
Um, are we going to see an extended it. version or something like that? Yeah. You know? Oh god. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had the time to make the those things and like release it on my Patreon and stuff. But there you go. Yeah. Then I wouldn't have time to do the history of Tarkov right. that everybody's been asking me for the episode four, and you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now speak well a couple of things first of all i liked how you did the the intro to the audio one you know, the the black background looked like you're reading from a teleprompter and it was you know like you're doing different things every with every video you're adding a different you know aspect or a new a touch to the video which is you know it's, that's really cool and again that's just the things i've been watching lately they've yeah. been a lot of really nice cinema so i needed to learn what the fuck does the iso mean on a camera the yep. shutter speed of the lighting like it blew my mind how all of these things you know like i, I never realized because i've never been to a professional photo shoot how there's no freaking lights they turn the camera all the settings down to where it's pitch black and then they blast you with you know a, a key light and yep. like a softbox and it's like oh that's how they make beautiful cinematic you know, but yeah. normally I'd be sitting here like this and I'm like, why is this? It looks cool, right? I have right. a cool background, but it's not that interview with the guy that looked awesome. Yeah. I want to do that. So then I have to spend a week. Right. Googling all this stuff, figure out what camera I need, what lens I need, how to do the lighting, you know, but you just learn more. I just yeah. love learning more and learning new skills and then just you know jamming it into whatever content yeah. i'm doing it was like the ai one i don't know if the ai video was the first time you started doing the black and white with black and white in the background while you're bringing up points or highlighting things oh yeah and then so i so if i was yeah part of that was learning about some of the different cinematography tricks yeah um one of the things being uh what's known as a j cut so what a j cut is is you have two adjacent clips you know, like you video edit, right? You have the audio and you have the video. And then the audio and the video like of two different clips. What a J cut is, is you cut the audio out of the first one early. And then you, I mean, it's literally like a J. Yeah. So then um, you, what ends up happening is you're in a scene and then all of a sudden you, you know, maybe it's a face to face, two people talking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear honking and you hear traffic. For a couple of seconds and then it cuts and they're in traffic so it's almost like a really and it's something that you've never noticed in any of the things that you've ever watched but it's this interesting effect so part of what i wanted to do was do that both visually and auditorily where i would be talking and i had a lot of extra footage because i've been more cognizant of the things i record yeah to where i'll show the footage i'm about to show you the 20 seconds leading up to it while I'm doing the voiceover and I cut it and I desaturate the beginning part and then I'm talking and then I'm talking and then all of a sudden I fade the audio in and then I do a nice fade from black and white into color and it's just a natural thing where you might have thought it was just filler footage b-roll right but I'm showing you a preview of the thing I'm about to show you it was just a subtle little effect another thing that I got from an you know, a, yeah. another video on cinematography. Yeah. And you see every video you're adding more and more and more. So now with the history of Tarkov video, it's got to be a little bit, it's a break from AI or audio because it's really, you're just telling the story that's already existing. And now it's you know, how you're going to lay it out. Yeah. That that's been a little bit of a struggle 
being a historian versus like a pundit, you know, right. like I'm trying to tell it without any bias. Yep. Um, now, this latest video, there's a little bit in there, but it's like separate. Where I'm like, I just want to step in here and give you one perspective. Um, because it differed enough from the community and a lot and also was one of those things where it was like i was kind of right and every but so if i if i were to show everything from reddit and the forums yeah get a, a, the wrong picture of what happened yeah so part of what i wanted to do is be like here's what everyone thought and then here's what was really happening at the time for context and then let people kind of you know make up their mind but but yeah i mean it, it really is it's totally different chronicling stuff and it's and it's interesting and it's in some ways it's easy and in some ways it's hard because you don't there's so much context that i've become really good at going to google typing in a particular catchphrase and then limiting the time frame from january 1st 2018 to march 1st of 2018 okay to to, what were the reddit posts at the time yeah what were people saying not just my recollection yeah. because that's always bullshit it's wrong but being able to say here's what happened and here's why was really interesting um and it all it honestly it all started with i, I you go to the the change log the patch notes yeah. on the wiki and um the wiki's basically like copy pasted from the website although there are some differences that i end up finding but you can see every single patch notes from 0 0.1 yeah um so I literally went through and bullet pointed out. I, I didn't, you know, miscellaneous bug fixes. I skip over all yeah. those. Any of the significant, like, we fixed scabs flying through the air. Oh, that was in March. Let me look in December, January, and February to see, like, did has anybody seen scabs flying through yeah. the air? And then I do the search on YouTube constrained in with the six months before the thing to try to get contemporaneous footage of all of these things and look at the comments and yeah. look at what people were saying. Um, so in, instead of everything coming from my head and then me building on that, yeah. figuring out what the history was and then trying to fill in all of the gaps in context. And that's the, that's the biggest Photoshop document I have ever made in my oh, wow. entire life. I can't even, it's, I have a giant timeline that's like 60,000 by you know like oh my god you know like 1440 yeah but because i had this massive timeline where and i have to come up with my own visual style for all this stuff right and then i'm googling infographic visual style and trying to figure out what are the colors what are the you know and it's like a combination of my own design stuff yeah but also tarkov i use tarkov fonts i recreate all of the icon subtle stuff nobody ever meant nobody ever noticed you know yeah but like when they add a new scav boss, I have this little rounded edge kind of neon green box yeah. with a plus sign cut out of it. That's what the attachments, they have that icon in the game. It's a subtle thing. I manufactured it because I can't get, I don't have assets from the game. Right. But that's me of indicating like this is an addition to the game. New scav boss, a new feature, a new gun. And I put that little icon. Um, now, are you going to create yeah. a web page based off of the history of Tarkov? No, I mean, this is this is what I use for assets for the video. So yeah. if you watch when you watch the video, you see me. I have a bunch of footage, but yeah. in between I like zoom out. Ah, uh, OK. 2015 
where yeah. I have all of the stuff. I, it's almost like it's a snapshot right. of the timeline. And then I fast forward. You'll see in the intro of yeah. next episode, and I've done this before in a lot of the ones, I it starts off in the all the way in the left. Yeah. It's like History of Tarkov, you know, by Veritas. And I go from 2010 whoops, yeah. from all the way forward to now we're in 2018. And every single year is a separate Photoshop document. And then every single year has notable events as little squares with lines pointing to like January, February, yeah. March. So I'm building that document from wow. my timeline. So I have four documents for the history of Tarkov. It's history of Tarkov script, history of Tarkov outline, history of Tarkov patch notes. So I have to reference all of these things at different at different steps. But yeah, every year is its own. It's called they're called smart objects. Yep. Um, in Photoshop. Um, and then each one of those, like if I go to 2018, there's like a hundred layers. Holy and most crap. of those are documents. So like I have a separate document for like 0.7. I click on that and it's got the different changes for the patch yeah. notes, the traders that were added, the guns and the gear. And I go in and I take screenshots in the game. Yeah. Of Cause I want it to be like high as high res as possible. Right. Um, I'll, I'll I'll use older stuff if it I can't find, you know, modern versions. Right. right. Like the Glock looks the same now, but like the old Paca, I want to show yeah. what that looks like. So I'll go and I'll screenshot that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of late. I open up the, the the Photoshop document and it takes sometimes two or three minutes. Wow. To open up. That's how. That's now, how are you editing even... on PC and Mac or strictly just doing everything in PC? I can't edit on the Mac because yeah. I do my software development on the Mac and that is just so and music. Yeah, and that's just gigabytes. And I've only got like 250 gigs yeah. and like, yeah, so it's just not enough. But I, I if I want to open up that Photoshop document on my laptop, I, I have to spend an hour deleting stuff <laughs> to be able to open it because the scratch discs run out of space yeah. but so the uh, but i am able to all of the hand drawing stuff i do while i'm in bed with the yeah. ipad part of why i got it is because so that i can not sit in this one chair mm -hmm. all day long um but i do a lot of the photoshopping on my on my laptop too um but yeah all the video editing is right on right on this computer on this monitor um and i have tarkov up here if i need to record something and yeah and i use obs um, yeah to do all of the same all the same stuff that wow. i would do while i'm streaming um yep now with all that being said with every, you know who do you have anybody read the final script or is nope. it just just you and that's it i don't even know oh that's a good question i wouldn't I can't imagine anyone in the world I would say, can you read these 60 pages? Like, this is longer than, like, most people's master's thesis. Yeah. 60 pages, single space. You know, like, if this was high school, imagine if they were like, you had to write a 120-page essay. Yeah. I would have been, like, Hello. dropping this class. I wouldn't want to write a five-page double space thing. And now yeah. it's like, I can't not take all this time you know um which is just so funny how different i am from when i was when i was in in high school yeah um but i mean this just goes to show you, i wasn't interested in any of that shit in high school now 
I regret all of the stuff because now I'm suddenly like I want to know the history and it's like I hated history class yeah and I wish I paid attention in chemistry class because now I'd understand all these Nile Red videos right and you know I wish I'd done all these things that I didn't care about um but now I'm suddenly in my adulthood understanding um all of these things and and realizing the applications of these things mm -hmm. like making the battle buddy for io iphone um because i'm an ios developer primarily right. I, I didn't get a chance to build it on android but there's a an audio um what did i call it sound training where it's this little guy and what you can do is it's hard i'm sure it's going to be hard to see but if you swipe it turns the guy left and right. If you plug in your headphones, yeah. what it does is it plays a sound somewhere in the left or the right or, or in between. And I represent that with a dot so that you can actually like localize. Now this is before HRTF. So this was just, you can figure out if it's behind you yeah. or you know in front of you and all that kinds of stuff. Um, so in order to do that and trying to be creative, I suddenly realized that all the only control I had in the in the actual software was I could pan the sound left and right. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell am I going to make it so that if you're just turning? I, I ended up pulling up uh, like a piece of paper and pen and I was drawing like. If there's a sound in front of you and you turn right, the sound will go like this, right? It'll, yeah. We'll go in front of you and then be the left. But then as you keep turning it's going to go behind you but then it'll sound like it's going back the other direction as you keep turning yeah and i drew it and i ended up drawing a line that was like left and then right and then and i made a fucking sign yeah. curve it was like <laughs> oh my god like trigonometry now now at the time all i had in the software was i can set i can set the the pan yeah from negative one to plus one which is left and right right so i'm like how the hell am i gonna make this work to do the whole front and behind and i drew it out and it was literally from zero to yeah. one to zero to negative one and i'm like oh. so I all i do is i literally set the pan equal to the the direction that the little guy is facing the degrees yeah and it was like the cosine of that right and i was like trigonometry has a practical <laughs> use in my life like holy shit you know yeah and it was the first time in my life where i was like wow when when kids are in school and i hope that some kids who are in high school or even junior high can realize like this is why they teach you this stuff because every kid asks why do i have to learn this i yep. don't care I'll never use it there's a lot of things that sure you'll learn and you might not be interested in and you might never be interested but it's about like learning all of these things and then figuring out what you're passionate about and then figuring out how those things can apply yeah and as soon as you come to terms with the fact that like learning has utility it's not just nerd shit you know <laughs> yes but it, when i was in high school it's probably still the case it was not cool to be smart yeah it was not cool like in fact you know you were the one that was bringing down the curve for everybody you know and screwing yeah. everybody over um and i didn't really care much in school and you know i mean in high school i was like a b student 
in college I was like a B student. When in grad school I was because I was twenty something and I wanted to be a professional. I got yeah. you know four point um, but I, yeah, I just didn't care about it. But um, but I it's because I didn't understand. Yeah. And I know that a lot of kids will they just won't understand until they're thirty. Exactly. And then yeah. it'll occur. It, it's the same thing. The older I get, the more I'm like, damn it, Dad. I God, should have listened. Oh, you were right, you know, but I've also accepted that there's nothing that my there's nothing that anybody could have said. No, a lot of it is just experiencing and understanding and having having that epiphany yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe this is kind of like an interesting conclusion to, to, to this whole idea of part of what I want to do is plant a seed so that people can have that epiphany sooner than later yeah or at all yeah you know like and that's why i use metaphors a lot and that's why i i draw pictures and you know all these things because it's like to me my whole life i got taught these are all these things these are all these things like even music and i took piano lessons for like a month and was like i just don't i don't get it you know, but then one day I had this epiphany and I share this in my on my music channel about like music theory. And then I could play the piano like like better than a lot of people who I know have been taking lessons yeah. for however long because I just saw it differently. Like so much is just about perspective. Yeah. That I if I can like flip that switch for people and a lot of times it's like here's a metaphor and here's another metaphor and here's another metaphor did i get you no okay here's another <laughs> metaphor and you know sometimes you just won't and sometimes right. it's like holy shit you know and that the video on music theory i did has like 150 views and it's got 130 comments that are like you changed my life you know <laughs> yeah but um yeah man perspective giving people the different perspective on things they are interested in things they didn't know they were interested mm -hmm. in but might be um and things that you know might fascinate them or interest them because the older i get the more i'm just fascinated by everything yeah and it just makes life that much more interesting yeah you know so. never stop learning man yep well man i have taken up so much of your time but I totally appreciate it. You know, I, I hope people enjoy, you know, enjoy listening tonight and, you know, enjoy the pod when I drop it. But this has been fantastic info. Thank you for sharing. I you know, can't thank you enough. Yeah, you know, anytime, man, if you want me on next week or whatever, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to monopolize the show. I, I talk enough, you know, for that's OK. That's what the show is about is for the guests to talk and open up. And that's, you know, this is this has been so much fun. And, you know, what I do is. Who do you you know? Who are you suggesting next? Who are you going? Whose arm are you going to twist to get on Tardux next? Um, God, I, I that see, would be I interesting. Know, I don't know who you've had on. Well, here's who's been on. I've had Wilbur, which is Deadly's brother. I've had Garlem, Unfluffy Bunny, Dan Exert, uh, Claymore, uh, Monster D Face, which is that was totally cool, uh, and the friendly scat or the friendly guy. Huh. So like a wide range of people, and I, I hope to God I didn't forget anybody because that would make me really feel bad. 
I mean, of course, Jesse is one of those. Yeah, we had him on the hideout just last, you know, last month, I think, was we had him on the hideout. So I, I was going to say Markstrom, but you had Markstrom. Yes, that's who I forget. Yeah, Markstrom. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot Markstrom. He was good, um, too. Dude, Markstrom is one of my one of my like I, I look up. I've looked up to him since the beginning of my content creation. And he was one of those folks that that I met in real life. Yeah. And. It was the opposite of the don't meet your hero kind of thing. It was like I got more respect for the guy. Just super nice, super down to earth. Yeah. Just nothing, nothing but respect for him. Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm like trying to look at my somebody my, old who doesn't do it anymore or, you know, just somebody interesting. Man, it's not that there's not interesting people because there is. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, it's got to be something that you can twist an arm because, you know, you, you can't just throw out somebody and I'll, it's like, who the fuck? You know, who's this guy, Tardux? Who's Noof? The hell? Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. God, you're putting me on the spot. I I'm, know. I'm Look at this. I'm, I'm, I pulled up my follow list and it's like such a who's who's live at 12 a.m., you know, like, <laughs> um, let me let me let me how much time do you have for me to do I got all uh, the time in the world. We can always you know edit this later. Yeah, you can you cut this out. Um, I mean, there's the geeks uh, is a, is another fantastic. I mean, Sigma. You know what? If Sigma's fucking fantastic. Yes. I would love I would love to to hear Sigma's take on so many things. Um, let me see. I'm I'm going down, <laughs> going down my list. Uh. Yeah, Sigma would be really good. I mean, Dottie Hack is one that's been, uh, he's been in the community forever. Another musician, really awesome dude, a, a good buddy of mine. Um, God, now I'm like gonna open up Twitter and like scroll <laughs> through. I, you know, I'm sure there's a million people that I'm just not thinking about. Um, but this is, this is what you get. When it's when, when I throw you on the spot and after after ten and a half hours of uh, of sitting in the chair, after a day that I ran I ran three errands today. All right, I'm proud. You of got that. out of the house. I got out of the house. Yeah, damn, that's awesome. Oh, well, you took out the garbage. Oh, oh, picked, you got that. I this up. Wow. This was made made by one of my community members, uh, Sonic Sonic UT. Damn. Laser etched. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I went to go pick this up. Got a new phone because my SIM card's busted. Yeah. Um, uh, so you said you had Dan Dan on already. Dan was good, too. I, I, you know, I have to say, everybody who I've had on has just been fantastic. And it's just, it's, 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 a, it's so much it, fun. It's, I mean, it's a great community. It, it really is. What what can you do? Um, I'm trying to think of who would be like available. I mean, there's um, Willers, Clean. Those guys are both OGs. Yeah. Um, I'm buddies with both of them. I don't know what like their availability right. is and whatever. And, and but, availability um, doesn't need to be next week. It could be a month. It's it doesn't matter. So you know, Willers are clean. That's you know 
going through my message. <laughs> you talk to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awkward. Oh, God, looking through my Twitter DMs. It, there's some interesting... Uh, <laughs> there's some interesting things in here that I totally forgot about. Power washing simulator, like the official Twitch. Um, <laughs> you ever heard of the Lumineers? Yes. The band, the Lumineers? Yeah. They sent me a message. Oh, no way. Because the guy from the Lumineers played, I don't know if he still does, played Tarkov. Oh, I shit. I didn't see his DM until two years later. And oh. he was like, dude, you want to play? And I'm like, oh, oh like, my God. <laughs> they got like a million fucking followers. And they're like one of my, you know, yeah. favorite bands from back in the day. And two years later, you know, um, oh, right after that, it's Jesse Kazam. Right after that, Shroud. Yeah. Oh, shit. Right after that, Smoke. God, I've got some, uh, I got some legends. Oh, you Sequisha. do have some legends. Sequisha is, uh, I mean, he's a busy guy. Yeah. Um, but he's he's also another one of my uh, one of my favorite um, content creators in in the community. All right, let's go uh, Sequisha then. At some point, we'll get him on. There was one other. I don't know. Um, she hasn't played Tarkov in a long time. Yeah. But she's one of my like OG mentors. Okay. I would say, out of all the people I mentioned before, they've been like friends colleagues yeah. people i looked up to but she i've uh spinachy okay if you're familiar with him she's, nope. a, she's a variety streamer she used to play tarkov a lot um but she plays a lot of other games um but she is yeah i mean she was playing tarkov probably at the same time or, or maybe even before me yeah um, but i super look up to her and she was like going back through the history of Tarkov and my old videos. Yeah. How many times she's been in the little list back when I still had my follows and everything popping up. How yeah. many times she rated me for 20 people, 30 people, 20 people. She was one of the first people that just like totally supported me and has always been there. And yeah, so she's, she's All right. fantastic. I, I've let's do that. I'll, uh, I'll check her out and, and then I'll ping her and I may ask you to ping her and, yeah, that'd be awesome. Somebody right I've on, never well, heard of and, and do the research. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a different perspective, too, of, you know, well, being a woman content creator yeah. that you would get from Sigma as well. Um, I'm sure that's a whole. Well, that's that's another. Yeah, that's miserable. another another pod that I, I'm looking forward to is, is getting Sigma's take on. Yeah. You know, first of all, Tarkov has so many great female content creators and players. I, it's. It's really, it's really cool to see, you know, with Rock Mom, you've got Gingy, you've got, I'm forgetting a whole bunch off the top of my head already, you know, Sigma and um, Miss Mag, Miss Maggie, Miss Magmai, I can't remember, but yeah. There's, yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the females of the Tarkov community are the most badass and they're, absolutely they're, they're the ones that are never involved in any drama and yeah. uh, they're the most level-headed yeah and you yeah. and munition just another one yeah there's oh, just yeah and and it's re really really good yeah yeah so cool all right spinach what was that spinach spinachy. spinachy cool yep all right man well i won't take any more of your time i totally appreciate it right on right on i i appreciate this, this is a lot of fun and uh yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll be talking in private and maybe you know doing something like this again soon 